1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103.
2: As we welcome you along to the programme, John Paul, taking your calls at 1850-333-103. And as we know, householders and businesses right across Cork City and uh, County uh, preparing for severe flooding. Uh, Met Aaron uh, issued an orange rain fall warning that came into effect yesterday evening and they met Erin are telling us that this is a 48-hour event. So my advice to anybody today is only head out if you absolutely have to make that journey and we're all being told at the moment with the pandemic to only go out if it's an essential journey but today of all days only go out if it's absolutely essential. It is just a miserable, miserable day out out today and our thoughts are with anyone who's under threat of uh, flooding because there's there's already been some flooding this morning but there's expected to be more flooding as we head into the day, into tonight and it could even go as far as uh, tomorrow. Now the latest that we're getting in on events out on the roads and for those of you that do have to be out on the roads uh, today, please let us know if you come across a fallen tree but please be careful because it is very windy and there's debris blowing around the place. If you've got wheelie bins, get your wheelie bins uh, in off the road please because a wheelie bin can really do a lot of uh, damage and can actually cause a road accident if it blows out onto in front of an oncoming uh, car. We are being we're hearing reports of cables down on the Griffin to Butterfund road. Now the Park Road and Bridge Street in Mallow, we're already getting a lot of calls in about both of those roads. They are still open at the moment but there's the possibility that they will close later as floodwaters rise. The barriers on Bridge Street are all ready to go. The barriers are not up so the road is still open to traffic but they are all ready to go and I think it's the same I heard in Formoy as well. Now we are getting reports that the spa area of Mallow is starting to flood. Navigation road in Mallow is possible but there's a lot of surface water on the road and the Glen River in Bantir. That's burst its banks and we're being told of a number of homes affected this morning. Ah, oh, just God help them all. OK, and that they're the latest that we've in ones that are in earlier. The Cork and Sale Road currently blocked at Five Mile Bridge by a fallen tree. If anybody can let us know, because that came in earlier if that fallen tree has been removed, uh, the advice is to take caution in that area. The Dunmanway by McCroom Road is impassable just north of McCroom at Ard Cahan. That's due to flooding. Flooding. flooding has been reported on routes around Mill Street, including on the McCroom Road and on the Rathmore Road. Both are impassable. Take extra caution in the area. Flooding has been reported on the mccroom Tombsbridge Road. Extra caution advised. The road between Broaddale and Carrigaline blocked. That's at Maryborough Hill and that's due to a fallen pole. In Cork City the Lee Road, Claro Road and Inascara Road all closed due to flooding. There's Excess surface water on the Carragher-Han Road and routes around Inaskara. Caution is advised there. And there's a fallen tree on the N28 uh, before Shannon Park. Um, and there was a road accident obstructing traffic approaching from the Ring of Skiddy side. Again, that was earlier, so I don't know if that has been cleared or not. So just please drive with extreme care and caution if you are heading out today. Is the And a text in saying, is the Park Road in Mallow flooded? I need to take my daughter to the dentist. No, you're OK at the moment. But the Guardy telling us earlier they are expecting that that road will flood later. So if you need to get out early to get to that dental appointment, you should be OK. So please, as I say, drive with extreme care and we will update you as soon as we get any uh, additional uh, information today on the programme. Uh, we will keep you informed. But please use, uh, use the airwaves this morning if you are aware of a pole or a tree down or a flooded area flooded road in your area, uh, let us know uh, please. Now, level five restrictions. They're very much the order of the day. Today they're expected to remain in place until at least the 5th of uh, April and I don't think that's going to come as any surprise uh, to anyone. And then it's on the 5th of April they'll be reviewed again. This is all under the government's what they're calling their new living with COVID-19 plan. Now the Cabinet Committee on COVID-19 they're the ones that agree they put the proposal forward to Cabinet and its Cabinet has to sign off on it. And that COVID committee have agreed to leave the highest level of restrictions in place. They're saying for at least another six weeks. And that obviously is due to concerns about the continuously high rate of new coronavirus cases. We are doing well but the figures are staying stubbornly high. There are no other dates for the easing of restrictions in the government's new plan that's according to those that were involved in the drafting of it. We do have to wait obviously for the Taoiseach to address the nation today When is that going to happen? We don't know We are sort of thinking probably around 6 o'clock. I know John Paul says he sends an email to the Taoiseach's office every time that a day like this happens but he rarely hears back from them but he'll send another email just to see because people want to know when do we all need to be gathered around the TV to have the Taoiseach address the nation even though I have a feeling whatever he comes out with today will go tick we knew that tick we knew that tick we knew that I don't think there's going to be anything new is going to be uh, uh, revealed and of course the big one is the reopening of schools for some of the pupils starting next Monday, there will be up to 330,000 students expected to return to the class uh, classrooms. It'll be the Leaving Cert classes, but it will also be the smallies. It'll be junior infants, senior infants and first class and second class are also going to be included. Now, I'm open to correction, but I thought Nefert's advice was just the junior cert, just the junior... And senior infants, along with the leaving search class, and leave sort of those three years in and give it a two week trial and see how they get on. But anyway, the government and their this is what is expected to happen that first and second class are also going to be included uh, in that. So that will be a lot of children, along with their parents, on the move. My greatest concern about those four classes in particular they're the four they're the smallies inside in the classroom they are the ones that have the biggest number of parents or grandparents of child binders or whoever drop the children to school and collect them they're the ones with the biggest numbers of parents standing outside the school gates waiting to collect them so we're really going to have to make sure next monday when those children get dropped off to school that the they drop them off and the parents leave ASAP and the same when they go back to collect them in the afternoon that we don't have this big gathering of uh, parents because it's the one way that the COVID-19 will uh, spread. So we're going to have those five class classes all heading back into the classroom next uh, Monday. It's, that is hoped then, if that all works, that it will pave the way for the return to other primary school classes later in March. I think they're going to give it two weeks, see how we get on, see how the COVID-19, what are the figures looking like and then further classes uh, will go back. Norma Foley hopes the remainder of the primary school children along with fifth year and third year in secondary school, they'll go back somewhere around the middle of uh, March but then what we're hearing is that the rest of the second level classes will not return until at least after the Easter holidays and of course while all this is going on in this country we're looking across the water at the UK and Boris Johnson yesterday he addressed his state of the nation, he addressed his people yesterday and he detailed what was what he announced was a very detailed roadmap for the United Kingdom to exit lockdown over the uh, coming months. But we're hearing here that when Hall Martin will stand outside government buildings and address us later today, that certainly in the Irish plan we're, we're not going to have anything like the dates that were contained in the UK plan uh, yesterday. And one of the thinkings why they don't like to give dates in this country is that research has shown compliance with restriction drops when dates are given so the government think on um, that Basis, they're not going to give firm uh, dates. Now there had been a big push to try to get construction workers back, and I know the housing minister Darrow O'Brien in particular, was pushing for construction work to start back in the in the coming weeks. But it, that, that doesn't it does not look like that is uh, going to happen. The cabinet are would be, are concerned about the impact of opening up some of the bigger construction sites. They're saying there'd be the movement of people, and of course you'd have people travelling from one county to another. County in order to get to work, and they're trying to stop that mobility, that stop that movement of uh, people. It's widely expected that the new living with COVID plan will see the current level five restrictions extended until at least uh, April. But most likely it will be until May. But I have a funny feeling that the word May won't be mentioned because I think the Taoiseach realised that when he said in the interview last Friday that it would be May before there would be any lifting of the restrictions, he saw the backlash that he got. So I think he's going to slightly ease it by saying, look, they will stay in place for another six weeks, which will bring us up to the 5th of April. And then we'll look at it again. And you can nearly guarantee that when we get to the 5th of April, then it'll be OK, we'll hang in there now until May. Which won't sound as bad as announcing now that rather than uh, doing another six weeks of it, we're going to be doing another 10 weeks of it. Well, maybe I will be proven uh, wrong. And I know yesterday lots of people were saying, would there be any move on easing the five kilometre travel ban? That's the one that most people seem to complain about. And, you know, yesterday people said, I would just love to get into my car and drive to the beach and go for a long walk on the beach. But obviously, if you're outside your 5k, uh, you could do that. And, and people very much looking for that, but seemingly no, it's looking like the theme Ishaq is going for a very cautious uh, approach and a lot of the reason for the very cautious approach is we saw what happened with the easing of restrictions at Christmas time. We saw how that resulted in a wave of new COVID-19 cases with hundreds of people dying from the the virus and they certainly don't want to see another wave if they open up too quickly. So it is going to be a very, very cautious uh, approach There will be a lot of emphasis played on the national vaccination programme, which the government hope, of course, is going to be ramped up by one million jabs by the month of April and beyond. The number of people uh, vaccinated will be a key factor, obviously, in deciding when restrictions can be eased. It's hoped that all healthcare workers and everybody over the age of 70 will have received both of their jabs by mid-May. And that obviously then will give the government a little bit more wriggle room to ease uh, ease uh, regulations. And somebody's just said, uh, Patricia, HSE staff are being vaccinated in the Gilbert Centre today. Yeah, I'm aware of that. The HSE took over. They've taken over the ground floor of the Gilbert Centre in Mallow. And they're vaccinating for every day this week for, from today through to uh, Friday. And the reason I know it is, uh, that's where Marsha might... My daughter gets her day services is at the Gilbert Centre so the ground floor has been taken over by the the HSC staff so that certainly is very welcomed news Now when they say HSC staff too am I assuming that a lot of home helps will be going there uh, as well uh, today but that uh, certainly is going on and I'm assuming that there's similar events happening in different parts of the county as well which is very very uh, welcomed news Some of your thoughts already in on this John John says Patricia when we were brainwashed into joining the EU years ago. John, you can't say that. We we might be upset with the EU at the moment, but the EU have brought a lot of benefits to this country. I think we're just all very upset with the way the vaccination and the rollout of the vaccines has been handled by the EU. Anyway, John reckons we were led to believe it was to our advantage going forward. Now we see different when getting the vaccine. Why can't this great government put the gun to the EU's head and tell them, give us our vaccines or else we'll leave the EU you. We'd be better off out like the UK. They're months ahead of us and they are starting to open up their country. It'll be Christmas before we're opened up here says uh, John. And Tim says, Morning Patricia, I was listening to an interview with Edwina Curry on another radio station while waiting for your show to start. God, Tim, you say all the right things. And she stated that it's important for Ireland to be vaccinated as well as everybody in the UK because of the ease of crossover. And she says, if we need help please just ask Hungary went to their nearest neighbour, the Russians, to get the Sputnik vaccine and she said she would much prefer if we, the Irish, went to the United Kingdom to say, any spare vaccines, pass them on to us. I hope some of our politicians are taking notes. And how long have I been uh, saying buzz bar- hashtag buzz Boris could somebody please ring Boris Johnson and say, look at us, we are ready to take any of your excess vaccines and we know that the UK we've discussed this already on the programme, we know that they have ordered way more vaccines than they will ever need. According to the HSC boss Paul Reid this week is an important milestone as the vast majority of residents and staff of long term residential facilities will be fully vaccinated. So now many families are asking when can they start to visit their loved ones in nursing homes. SAGE Advocacy is calling on the government to establish a plan to reopen nursing homes to visitors and Sarah Lennon who is the Executive Director of SAGE uh, joins me. Good morning you Sarah. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now once all the residents and staff have achieved full immunity, will visitors be allowed back in?
3: We're not fully clear on that at the moment um, and it, that is exactly the question as you say that's, that's really on everybody's lips Um, you know we've made enormous strides towards getting um, staff and residents vaccinated in nursing homes um, and it's been a very long year for, for residents and their families so you're right, that's exactly the question that's on everyone's lips but we're not fully clear on what the roadmap is ahead, and um, we're calling on government to to make that clear.
2: Do you believe many residents actually got the vaccine in order to be able to to see their families?
3: Certainly,
4: what we've been told,
3: an awful lot of. And residents would have been very keen to get the vaccine because obviously the risks that, that are involved. But, but a good number of, of them have said to us that once they were given the option, they consented to it immediately because there was a hope and expectation that it represented the, the light at the end of the tunnel, really, in terms of these restrictions. So I think when we hear all of the other announcements that are being made, uh, and rightly so, around schools and the economy and, and, and all of the other things that we're looking to reopen. Um, nursing home residents are are really wondering you know, where's their announcement, where's their plan
2: And in the UK at the weekend I mean I saw some gorgeous scenes on the TV, they were allowing residents, just one visitor I mean they weren't throwing open the doors and Mm -hmm. saying everyone could come in, but they were allowing one visitor in and they were even allowing that one visitor they're still masked up, to hold hands and it just, it was just some of the sweetest scenes, I mean it's not much to ask
3: it's it's not much to ask and, and we have to, I suppose, recognise the fact that it is the resident's right to have contact with their family if they choose to do so. And what we're really asking nursing home residents to do and have been asking them now for a year... Um, is is to to really not not have access to those rights to those basic rights to, to comfort to to family to touch as you've mentioned there and um, they're 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 the very basics, really of what makes us human um and and they've been denied um to people who are i suppose you know arriving towards the, the later the, la- the, the later years um and uh, for many families they you know they don't know when be the last time they might see their their, yeah. their loved one
2: and some of those nursing home residents, Sarah, you know, while they've had a tough year not being able to see their families, but they've also lost friends in that, yeah. you know, nursing home. We lost a lot of residents in nursing homes and, and they were friends of people that they might have been living with for the last number of years. I mean, it's been really tough on them.
3: Exactly. And I think what we all need to remember is that, well, nursing homes are places of care. They are, for the time being, and um, you know the home for these people, um, and as you say, there's there's friends, there's there's people that, and um, you know you you got very strong relationships with who who, who maybe have died and in enormous numbers. We have to we have to say that um, across our nursing homes, um, and you know people within our communities have made sacrifices to our our older people who have been cocooning, um, but the impact on our nursing homes has been enormous. So. Very. Uh, we understand there is, there are things being considered behind the scenes. So the Department of Health have told Sage that there's, there are, you know, there's work going on. There's plans afoot, and but really, what the call is from residents and their families is that they need to hear what the plan is. Um, people don't simply don't understand why, and um, there isn't this, more movement on this, considering we've been. Um, I suppose speaking about how well advanced the the vaccination programme is people don't understand the reasons behind it
2: We're back again to this issue of clarity aren't we Sarah? I think people Mm -hmm. just want to know what's going on and at least if they have some clarity, some sense of hope, that will keep them going
3: Exactly. Exactly. It's the, it is that light at the end of the tunnel. It's cliche, but it's very, very true. Um, and the, the communication really just need to be as strong as possible for people who, who have sacrificed enormously, and they've they've been deprived of those basics. Um, and yeah, the information that's coming through at the moment isn't clear, um, and and people simply don't understand the reasons why. You know what's happening behind the scenes, and I, I think look state advocacy will be very cognizant of the risks involved. We know the impact it can have. And, you know, as you said yourself, we're not talking about throwing open the doors um, completely. Um, but, uh, you know, th- th- there is obviously some risk and there will always be risk even if people are fully vaccinated. And um, But the risk to health and well-being of being deprived of um, companionship, of being deprived of family, um, that can also have a serious impact on people's health and it can kill people mm. when they're lonely as mm.
2: well. Absolutely, and window visits while they've been great, they don't work for everyone. And I'm looking out of the window. I don't know what the weather is like where you are today, Sarah. But we have an horrendous day. I mean, there isn't a hope in hell you could have a window visit anywhere today.
3: Exactly. No, you're right. Window visits have been very much a, a, a very poor substitute for the, for the real thing. Um, and unfortunately, um, the experience has been that window visits haven't, even if they are suitable on the day and the weather is playing playing ball, it hasn't always been facilitated. Um, but there have been some cases where window visits have been cancelled um, and not facilitated, or the window's been closed. Um, and the individual maybe who, who Maybe for whatever reason, um, because of their 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 hearing, um, or because maybe of dementia or other reasons, it, it just hasn't been practical for people. Um, and so the window visits are still permitted, and, and I would like, I suppose, your listeners to understand this: that window and outdoor visits on a practical on a, on a, on a day where it's practical um, are allowed across all of the framework, including level five, including outbreaks, unless there's a specific risk. So if people are being refused window visits please ask the nursing home to tell them the reason why. Um, And if if they're still not happy with that, to contact Sage Advocacy, we can
2: offer some practical support. Well done. Well done. Because we had a horrific story out of uh, East Cork of a nursing home of a family who had to watch their mother die on a window visit. And it was just shocking. And the woman inside on her own. I mean, it was just heartbreaking. Absolutely um, heartbreaking. Are nursing homes, Sarah, fielding a lot of calls from families asking can they get back in to see Mammy or Granny or Daddy or whoever it is?
4: They are. They
3: are. And I think one of the biggest challenges has been, as you mentioned, there, those end of life, those those compassionate um visits. Um and I know Oxage Advocacy has advocates on the ground um in the Cork region. Um, And we've been, you know, successfully able to, I suppose, to to talk to nursing homes and and to build those connections with people and to to get those compassionate facilitated. And so SAGE can help, um, you know, where where people are maybe coming up against concerns or issues. Um, And, you know, those end of life visits are, we've been informed again by by the Minister for Older People that those. Um, compassionate visits those end-of-life visits should be respected in all cases. You know, we only get one chance to to say goodbye. Um, a final goodbye. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And the Living With COVID plan that everybody is waiting for, the updated one uh, today, uh, Sarah, do you expect or hope that nursing homes might be mentioned? I suppose that we hope, um, <laughs> okay.
3: more than anything. We know the last time the, the Taoiseach made an announcement to the nursing homes weren't specifically mentioned, which a lot of people were very upset about. Um, they did follow some guidance a couple of days later, but unfortunately, and it may be just because of the extra risk involved, of course, but unfortunately, nursing home residents and visitors do feel like they're they're an afterthought in some cases, that they're not part of the the main priority, which seems to be you know schools, the economy, and they're obviously critical critical parts of, of our society and, and do need to be to be considered. But our nursing home um, residents are are just as, as worthy of, of respect um, yeah. as 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 everybody
2: else in the country. And more than ever, I think, because of the year and what yeah. they have all been through. Listen, uh, Sarah, pleasure talking to you. Thank you for Thank that, you. and uh, thanks for joining us. That is uh, Sarah Lennon, who is with Sage uh, Advocacy, who, ad- who advocate on behalf of older people. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Jump all taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three
1: one zero three. Court today on. C103.
5: With John Cusack Insurances as Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie
1: Let me take
2: a look at uh, some of your uh, commentary coming in. Uh, somebody said, is there any update on when children with special educational needs in mainstream classes can return to school? Did they not return to school yesterday? Are certainly a cohort of them. Students who attend special education classes in mainstream schools returned to school buildings yesterday. That was part of, because I saw it on the on the news last night as part of, the government's plan for a phased reopening. Now, am I assuming by that Text that not everybody uh, went back, but certainly I know 10 days ago the special schools reopened at 50% uh, capacity, but as in from yesterday. Special education classes in Mainstreams uh, reopened. Did all of them reopen? I was led to believe they were but I'm assuming from that particular text that somebody is still waiting to hear from their uh, school. Let us know if you have additional information on that please. 1850333103 Now yesterday I spoke with Cork uh, hotelier Michael Marr of the Vienna Woods Hotel who said his sector is facing a very bleak future. If the industry does not reopen until the middle of the summer. To find out how pub owners are reacting to this news I'm joined by Michael O'Donovan, Cork Chair of the Vintners Federation of Ireland Good morning to you Michael. Good morning Patricia How are you? I'm very well and great to talk to you um, again. Now what was your initial reaction to the Taoiseach Statement last Friday and the way that news was
0: communicated? Uh,
6: Look we were very disappointed the way it was communicated on a Saturday morning um, on a, a radio interview um, and to say it, you know, uh, so flippant, I suppose, it was uh, It was just a bit disappointing to hearing it that way, that it wasn't communicated through, you know, proper channels and I suppose, uh, more uh, importantly, to come you know, with saying the statement, at least have a plan and show us the data and how it's going to work, you know, but just saying it and leaving it at that uh, left a lot of people very frustrated and worried Um so... Uh, it probably wasn't the best way to communicate uh, that information.
2: And as we tried to discuss and find out yesterday, what does midsummer? what does the middle of the summer mean? Is that the middle of June? Is it the middle of July?
6: Yeah, look, nobody knows. Look, if you ask, you could ask 10 people and they'd all give you a different date for the middle of the summer. So, look, I suppose that's where today, the, the, the living plan that they're going to announce later on today, we're hoping that they'll be, some form of a plan and that they look we don't expect dates in us um but at least if they had some measurements um be that that they'll link you know vaccine percentages or hospital admissions or the the virus transmission numbers or a combination of all that at least they can show us if you get to this level we can start with outdoor. If you get to this level, all of hospitality can open indoor. At least then we'll have a plan and we can see the data. And it'll give some people, you know, it'll give clarity to where we're going. Because at the moment, um, look, talking to, to members here in Cork, uh, the human side of it, you know, staff, waitresses, waiters, bar people, you know, people working in kitchens, they all have financial uh, pressures on them, as well as the owners of businesses and um, there, unfortunately, I think a lot of them are leaving our trade, our industry to go to other industries uh, because they can work in those industries at the moment. And um, it's just a, a huge burden on businesses that when we will finally get to open, a lot of staff could be gone out of our trade. So if we have this clarity, at least we can plan, at least staff will know what the plan is and hopefully they'd stick with us to see out the plan. But just hearing the strip feeding, it's, uh, it's frightening people
2: have had many of your members hoped for an Easter opening. Michael, um
6: look I suppose we've been it's been marked on the cards for a while with the tonnage has been good in keeping us I suppose through the media updated and um I think we've been anticipating that there there isn't going to be any uh opening for Easter.
2: And if it's only outdoor trade, will pubs simply remain closed?
6: Yeah, look a lot will because if if um if it's to follow, as look again, we're only hearing it in the media. There's no firm, um, uh, you know, commitments, but they're talking about uh, similar to last year. If it's similar to last year, that would lead me to believe that it's 15 outdoors. Now, look, some bars 15 is probably what they could have because of their topography, but it, but then you have some very big uh, premises that have huge beer gardens. Uh, surely it must be linked to your capacity, and um, because some beer gardens could hold you know you know 200 people on a normal night, where I, I don't think there's an expectation to have 200 people, but at least you know if you could have 40 or 50 people in that kind of a beer garden to make it some way viable for those bars.
2: Well it has to be economically viable to open. There's no point in opening if the if the owner's not going to make any money out of it.
6: Yeah, well look I, I think the expectation is um and look we had it last summer, you 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 don't make money with outdoor dining, but at least you get your staff back and if you can at best break even, at least you're, you're 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 you're, you know, ticking over on the business and paying your bills. Uh you're not going to make money out of outdoor uh, it's Ireland, you know, You're. I know now, it, hopefully June, July, August, the weather is a bit better. But as we saw last summer, with a fantastic April and May, the weather did change slightly yeah, June, July yeah, and
5: August.
2: Yeah,
6: it yeah. wasn't as fine. So you, you can't <clears throat> take it for uh, granted that you're going to have great weather June, July and August in Ireland. You will have good days, but you'll also have bad days. And out of your seven days in the week, you can fa- probably factor in that there'll be two of those days that you'll... You'll, uh, you won't be operating at anywhere near your capacity. We
2: don't have a Mediterranean climate uh, unfortunately. Are you confident of additional government supports, Michael, to keep the industry going in the meantime?
6: Well look, we've I suppose we've been lobbying very hard uh, over the last number of weeks on this. Um, we've, look, we've accepted that now is not the time to be lobbying for a reopening date or time, but what we've been asking government for is to get us to that point. We need extra supports because uh, look there 's a lot of I think misinformation out there, some people think because they saw the headline the c r s s pubs are earning five thousand euros a week to stay closed. Nothing could be further from the truth. That is the top rate that you can get, but most pubs I can tell you are somewhere between two and five hundred euros. The vast majority, maybe if you were a big super pub in the middle of the city you 'd be maybe you know two three thousand a week, and um, that would be the max for most of them but um uh, you know we need that doubled really because um, it's 10% of your turnover from 2019 where we've been asking to bring it up to 20% because by the time you pay all your bills the 10% just doesn't even meet the bills that we've uh, each week that are going up and the bills
2: it. are still coming in even though you can't sell a pint
6: yeah look your our premises are commercial premises so we have to have commercial insurance on them uh, like I can tell you, my own insurance is nearly two hundred and fifty euros a week, wow. um, and then you have your, like our, our, like our heating bills have gone astronomical because when a bar is open, you know people generate heat. You'd have like for us, we'd have the open fires going, and um, like our our uh, our heating bill for the month of December was nearly up a thousand percent from what it was say, in December twenty nineteen. So like uh, the bills are just. Uh, um, just keep coming week after week and like you have your monitored alarm system part of your your insurance requirements, you still have your broadband because you have to have your monitored alarm system so you've all the bills still coming in uh, and you've you've no money coming in the door barring the CRSS and look uh, lots of our members are telling us that landlords are demanding uh, their full rent a lot of them, now some to be fair are working with members and accepting the payment of the crss but the publican is still left with the bill of the rest of the bills to cover so that's why we're asking and pleading with the government and lobbying them hard to please increase the crss to get businesses to the point that they will survive to when we get to the reopening point
2: and numbers of COVID positive cases are falling quicker in some counties including here in cork and across the border in in kerry would you be in favor of regional lockdowns michael
6: Yeah, look, I've I've said it last year on a few occasions that if we get to the point that uh, counties um, have done fantastically well, we have to start looking at that. Um, Look, government have been saying it's not what they're looking at, but we saw it when it came to a lockdown, you know, the Midlands counties, were, were locked down three counties and they were able to do it for lockdown. So, like, why can't they do it for opening? That uh, if we were to stay within our own county but open a particular county, I know it might be hard to police, but look, uh, I suppose that's where public cooperation would have to come into it. Uh, down the road, they'll, they, they may very well have to look at that because uh, we will have to start opening the economy at some point and that's a, a possibility that they will have to look at.
2: And it seems a little bit bizarre while pubs are closed for nearly a year that we should be opening the newspapers and seeing discussions about extended opening hours for pubs and uh, nightclubs, which is the recommendation from the Justice Minister, Helen uh, McEntee. What's what's your views on that, Michael? Are you in favour of it? Are you against it? Look,
6: I suppose um, we did a consultant's piece here in this last summer in Cork City and I think the general gist was for the ordinary seven-day licence, there wasn't really... An appetite for any extension at the moment. Look, I, I suppose the potential of the only night that was really looked at was Sunday night, where it's 11 o'clock out for half 11. Maybe to bring that in line with the um, with the other nights of the week, i.e. Monday through Thursday, half 11 out for 12. So in other words, an increase of a half an hour, where there was a demand for was for the late night venues, stroke nightclubs. Um, on a Sunday night, they're closed at one o'clock and out for half past one, uh, where they'd like to see that brought in line with Friday and Saturday night. So that would be, you know, here in Cork City, it's half past two out for three, and um, in, in County Cork, it's two o'clock for half past two, and lots of uh, venues uh, districts. So um, Sunday night would be the one for the late night venues, and the one that we uh, just a technical detail on the licensing law we would like to see reformed was the applications for those special exemption orders because at present if like any venue that applies for a late night license which you have to do every night that you want to stay open late uh, you have to go to court uh, there's a charge each night of 410 euros so you have to um, and there's also then requirements in regard to cctv security etc so we're we've been asking for a while to make that simplified, um, you know, to make it an online application process. Uh, have a nominal fee, and would free up the court system because licensing law takes up a good bit of court time oh no, every it's a, week.
2: In such a way, um, okay. And and but what Helen McEntee is proposing, as I say, it just seems bizarre. With the pubs closed at the moment, but we're told this, is, will, this, will, be, be. this will be this will be next year, though. Yeah, but, yeah.
6: But uh, look, Patricia, we've heard this from numerous ministers down through the years that the licensing laws will be um, looked at, and they always bring it out in their their their, their plan. And year in, year out, it just hasn't come to pass that they've got around to it. So um, it is a bit, I suppose, bizarre that it's come out this time of year when Mm -hmm. the bars are closed and we don't even have an opening point. But um, look, if we were talking about this maybe at the latter half of the year um, it would be probably a, a more realistic discussion to hear and now. It's probably not a realistic discussion to be having.
2: Okay. Listen, we'll speak again, Michael, in the meantime. Thank you for that and thanks thank for joining us on the programme. Thank you for doing uh, Good morning to you. That is Michael O'Donovan, who is Chair of the Vintners Federation of in Corps. And in the next hour, we'll be speaking with a secondary school teacher who is sharing his story of how the pandemic affected him from a mental health point of view, and I think it's a particularly important interview for men because sometimes men find it very hard to reach out and say I'm not okay. And of course, we know it is okay to say I'm not okay. So that and more coming up afternoons at eleven.
1: Court today on C103
5: with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
2: We've had the very latest from the council updating us on areas that are flooded. They tell us that the flood barriers have been erected in Fomoy and in Mallow with the early warning systems in place. The flood barriers in Mallow and Fomoy are erected to their highest levels now except for the roadways and those may need to be closed later today uh, when the Blackwater River flood level increases. Bridge Street in Mallow is expected to close later this afternoon and at this stage it's not known if the bridge in fromoy will close but it's they're keeping an eye on it and it will be reviewed throughout the day. But roads that were affected at this time include Damanway to McCrew. The road is closed at Art Kahan Bridge. The road is closed at the Idle Bridge Manch. That's the road heading towards Coppeen. There's flooding on the Enniskeen to Dumanway Road at Ballincarriga Junction and at Manch that's that's by the Carberry Group's factory. There's flooding on the road from McCroom to Hartnitz crossed to Toons Bridge. It is passable, but that's passable at the moment. So please be very careful when you're attempting to go through floodwater. The local road, the L3418, at Ballyvaran, north as north outskirts of Macroom Town flooded and is closed at the moment. There's a tree blocking the R six hundred that's at five mile bridge. The road at Longfields Bridge near Mallow Sugar Factory that's flooded. The local road, the L1226 at Kilavollen is flooded and the Park Road in Mallow, as we mentioned before, 11 is now closed to all traffic. The River Blackwater is rising slowly but is nearing road level on the N72 at Mallow Racecourse and this may result in that road having to be closed later on. Local diversions will, of course, always be signposted. Again, we say to people, only make that journey if it's absolutely necessary. And can I just update you on... On a couple of issues that have come in from listeners and we are awaiting um, answers back from various companies. For example, Mary in Butterfield was on and Mary wants to know has anybody else received this uh, letter? She gets her bins collected by the company called Mr Binman and she has a letter from Mr Binman to say that they will no longer be collecting her bins and it seems that certain townslands I mean I'm assuming that they've sold on the contracts for certain uh, townslands she says the letter says that a thousand customers in the North Cork area have been affected and that the bins will now transfer to Country Clean but she's just wondering did anybody else in the Butterfund area uh, get this letter and I'm assuming they've just sold on the contracts for various townslands to Country Clean but we're trying to get clarification on that and how it will affect customers. I'm, I'm assuming there'll be a very smooth transfer but let us uh, see what further details we can get from Mr Binman on that and then Susan in Fairhill was on to us wondering is anybody else having having problems with repairs from Cork City Council. She's ran the emergency number a few times and they say oh yeah we'll be out to you to sort that out but she said they never come. Now the problem with Susan in her house in Fairhill is the shower tray is leaking now it's leaking upstairs so it's leaking onto Susan's kitchen ceiling. The light in the kitchen now, she's had to disconnect it for safety reasons because we know what electricity and water can uh, do and she's wondering is anybody else in the same boat as her waiting? They're saying, City Council say they'll send somebody out but they're not and that really does sound like there's a bit of an emergency going on, on there. So we are on to the council on behalf of Susan to see what is happening with emergency repairs and then this morning I started the uh, well, the first text that I did this morning was from a juror, one of our listeners to say, Patricia, I'm sending you this message as I have an ATM card. Attached to my account in Mitchelstown Credit Union, which can be used in most of the AIB Bank ATM machines. But I got a letter yesterday that this service has been terminated from the end of April, as the credit union is only open half days now. And some people are very uncomfortable about going into the credit union. Um, I've been talking to about 30 people that have their accounts there and they're fearful now, will we be forced to open bank accounts that have ATM machines um, Could you please find out what is going on uh, for us and could you bring it up on your programme to see our other people annoyed and upset by this Mitchellstown Credit Union, you're no longer to use your ATM m- machine at Bank of Ireland. Okay, we're on to the Credit Union in Mitchellstown to find out what's going on there as well, so hopefully if we get some answers back before the close of the programme to any of those issues, we will bring it to you. Now also coming in, some of your calls and comments coming in, Natasha was on to say, Patricia, I heard you mention about a woman who had been on to you saying that she would love to go for a walk on the beach and she's pleading with the government to please lift the five kilometre rule because she doesn't live anywhere near a beach and she'd love to get into the car and just go for a long walk on the beach. And when Natasha does live by the coast, I don't know where, and she says, will people ever keep away from the beach? Stay within your 5k. She said, the last thing we need, those of us, can I say, Natasha, lucky enough to live by the coast, are gangs of people uh, heading to the beach. We had enough of that during the Christmas uh, break and look what happened. Look how our case numbers jumped. People are just being so selfish at the moment, says Natasha. If we could all just stop her, And keep to the level 5 restrictions. Stay within the 5k, which which is what we're told to do. If we could all do that for the next few months, we'd be out of this and it might all be over by uh, June. So Natasha, living by the coast does not want people heading down uh, there if they do and they're not. It doesn't look like they're going to lift the 5k uh, rule. Martin in Mitchelstown says, as people are so worried about COVID at the moment and while things are tough, he says, please remember his bit of positivity is the darkest hour is just before the dawn and yet the vaccines are on the way. So hopefully this is our dark darkest hour and the dawn will be here before we know it. Thank for your thanks you, Martin, for your bit of positivity some of your texts coming in. Hi Patricia, I was listening to the interview uh, with that person looking for clarity on the opening of various hospitality sector. I'm assuming that's Michael O'Donovan of the Vintners F- Federation. In my view, there is no clarity on anything, not just the hospitality sector. Again, the Health Secretary in the UK have given, has given very firm dates in the hope of when they start to reopen their country. By June, for example, they hope to have everybody in the UK vaccinated. Non-essential staff will all be back up and uh, running. All we want here in this country is to have some kind of normality but it sounds again like we are way behind other countries stuck in our homes for weeks, for months at a time. Why can't the governing body get their act together and do a Boris and get the country going again? Did we ever see the day where we would be praising Boris uh, Johnson and talking about doing a Boris on it but there's somebody obviously Really, not happy with the situation that's going on at the moment. Somebody else wants to know can we get Claire Byrne's uh, hairdresser's phone number, uh, please? That's from Anne. Uh, um. Claire Byrne, yeah, she had her hair kind of curled last night. Do, and I don't know from your text and did you like her hairstyle last night or do you not like her hairstyle last night I'm assuming she doesn't have a hairdresser because like all of us there's, there's no hairdressers I don't know if they're doing full hair and makeup in RTE I know there was certainly some of our hair, some of our listeners picked up on the Tommy Tiernan show from a few uh, weeks ago uh, when the uh, author was in and uh, he was saying how well she looked and she said oh, that was down to the hair and makeup that she had done in RTE and people were giving out stink about that saying if that they thought that when people go into any of these shows that they do their own hair and makeup. So I don't know if Claire Byrne has had full hair and makeup or whether she just did her hair herself last night. But it certainly looked different to the way that she normally uh, has it. Hi, uh, Patricia. Home helps are not allowed to shower patients anymore and this is because of COVID. It was a rule introduced this listener says by the department but I'm assuming it was by the HSE. It was to do with the steam and splashers in case the person had COVID and passing it on. It is a joke. Why are we washing and cleaning? So I'm really angry about this. Now I'm just, I need a bit of clarity on that. I don't know, are you angry because you're the home carer and you now have to do the showering or are you angry because you're the home help? I'm, I'm, if you want to give me further clarification on that but I was not aware of that, that home helps, that call to people that normally shower people haven't been allowed to do it since the pandemic. I did not realise that that was going on. Uh, Ross says, Hi Patricia, we've had 12 months of government ineptitude and it has us nowhere except more money in their pockets with the announcement yesterday that they are to get the backbench TDs or to get pay in- increases. No respect for doctors and nurses with this damned uh, virus not happy says Ross. And Liz is picking up on the fact that it looks like the government are going against Neffert advice when they announce that the schools are going to reopen next Monday. For junior infants, senior infants, first class and second year, Neffert's advice had been for just junior infants, senior infants and leaving. But it looks like they're going a step ahead. Liz says no wonder people are disobeying when the government are even disregarding the medical advice that is coming from Neffet. And a listener says this is on people talking about the opening up of the UK and Boris announcing the roadmap yesterday out of the pandemic for the good people in in England. Somebody's questioning that. Says the UK opening their updates. Will all of the people have their vaccines fully in the UK? The reason I mention this is I've got a daughter over there she's a nurse she got her first jab before Christmas but she still hasn't got her second jab and won't be getting it for another few weeks are they opening up with half a job done well you see uh, they took a risk in trying to get as many people vaccinated as possible by giving just the first jab and they have pushed out the second jab I think it's to to three months and they've proven now it was a risk they took but it is proven to be the right thing to do because studies now are coming out in real time because obviously because they've they've vaccinated so many so many people the studies coming out in real time from Israel for example who are way ahead than any other country but now of course a lot of people are looking to the UK because they vaccinated what was it over 17 and a half million people up to yesterday and one study that came out yesterday from Scotland where with 1.1 million people uh, vaccinated they found that just one dose of the Pfizer vaccine cut the risk of hospital admission by 85% after four weeks without being given the second jab and there was even better results for the Oxford AstraZeneca one they fared even better the risk was down by 94% so they took a gamble but it's a gamble that has uh, paid off and there's a number of other countries now are following suit and I think even here that we've started using the Pfizer not the Pfizer we've started using the AstraZeneca the Oxford AstraZeneca in under 70 euros and I think we're leaving the 3 month gap as well it's proving the efficacy is better the longer you leave the gap in between but the protection on the it's it's already given well it won't give full 100% protection but it's giving very very high protection just to give the one jab so they've done the right thing uh, so yes they are reopening with people only on their first having had their first jab. But of course, as the months go on, more and more people will get their second jab. So it certainly has uh, paid off uh, for them. Hi, Patricia. It's extremely distressing to hear Stephen Donnelly, the health minister, say that the hotel quarantine will be delayed further while logistics and legislation are being approved. In the meantime, passengers are asked to restrict their movements, like the majority of us have been doing now for many, many months. This is impossible to enforce and is endangering us further to risk of exposure to new variant strains of the virus. Could the government not pass? a law that any legislation needing to be processed during the pandemic could be dealt with urgently and without delay. Wouldn't you wish that they could pass something like that? But you are right. There's a lot of discussion going on around hotel quarantine and I know all of the opposition parties are warning that the government's hotel quarantine legislation which is going to be debated today. The opposition are already pointing holes and saying it's not going far enough. The legislation that's expected to be debated today and we're still at debating stage it'll see travellers from a list of 20 countries forced to quarantine in specific hotels. The bill includes a provision to allow exit from quarantine. That's if somebody arrives, go into quarantine if they get a not-detected COVID test upon arrival and then 10 days later they'll be allowed to leave uh, quarantine. But a lot of people are questioning why there's only 20 countries on the list. Both, for example, Sinn Féin and Labour are saying mandatory quarantine must be extended to all countries. Uh, Sinn Féin's transport spokesperson Darren O'Rourke said it's incredible. It's taken this long and there are a number, he says, of fundamental problems with the draft uh, legislation. Now it seems the opposition spokesperson were given a briefing yesterday but they say there's a huge lack of specifics. I mean issues such as when somebody gets off a plane, how are they transported to the hotel? Also people are questioning what's going to be the role of the gardie uh, in it. Um, Sinn Féin are saying we don't know when it's coming in, we don't know what hotels are going to be used, they don't know what private security firms are going to be used so there does seem to be a number of things wrong even with the legislation that they're going to debate and then today when I picked up the newspapers I just sort of was slightly exasperated when I read the front page of the Irish Daily Mail they have a huge headline saying a loophole to dodge hotel quarantine and they say that it's emerged that passengers who fly into the north so people who say come into Belfast Uh, Airport, who are then travelling on to the Republic, can skip mandatory quarantine. And we know at Christmas. Our own Irish people did that. A number of people, when we started cancelling flights from the UK, a number of Irish people just instead jumped on a flight to Belfast and family members went up and collected them from uh, Belfast. So if people think that there is a loophole around going into a hotel that you have to pay for yourself and it's going to be about €2,000, there's a cost involved in it as well, people will instead, if there's a loophole there and they can fly into Belfast and then somebody come and collect them or hire a car or jump on a bus that's what people will do 1850
1: 103 C103 Jobs
2: An experienced horse groomer is wanted that's for the Mallow area while milk recorders and e-DIY trainers are required for various locations throughout Munster technicians are wanted for installing and servicing robotic mowers Full training will be provided and qualified butcher is wanted for a part-time position that's in the new market area you'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103.
1: Cork Today on C103.
5: With Sean Cusack Insurance's sale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. Cmig.ie.
2: The pandemic is impacting people in many different ways. But for abandoned grammar school teacher John O'Regan, it has been a particularly dark and difficult period. And he joins me to share his own mental health challenges since the the pandemic hit. Good morning to you John.
7: Good morning, how are
2: you? I'm very well and can I start by saying to you well done on uh, sharing your story because I, I, I think it's an important story to share. Why have you decided to go public with it?
7: Um, it, it, it wasn't part of any great master plan I have to say. Um, I because I teach English I like writing and one of the ways that I've tended to cope with things over the years is to, to write things down and I had had a difficult year as you mentioned and so I when I was feeling particularly bad started kind of writing down some of what I was thinking and feeling and kind of it, it, it turned itself into a, a kind of an essay on how I was feeling and um I came back to it then when I was feeling much better and kind of finished it off uh, just before Christmas. And, um, do you know, it had turned out reasonably well. And I just sent it off to a few newspapers just to see if anybody did have an interest. And it was kind of um, without any, again, great plan of having it published. And then Nadine O'Regan from the Business Post came back to me and she liked it. And uh, so it, it was funny. Yeah, once she had offered it, I was kind of like, sure, I can't really say no to it now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> because, but,
2: but did you soul search? Because that's a, that's a difficult decision to say, I'm going to let the world know what's been going on for me
7: i yeah it's funny like I, I I've never been terribly private about these things in the sense that you know i now I have to say the business post article did definitely resonate with people, but since it was in the star it's it's had a much bigger impact, uh which I wasn't quite quite ready for just because I live and work in West Cork, you know what I mean so yeah. I mean, like but then once I would kind of got the ball rolling, it felt it just kind of the business article did the business post then the star contacted me and it's wrong to not. Continue speaking out, I suppose. Basically, uh, my kind of aim has always been if it it is helpful to even one or two people, then then it's probably worthwhile doing, you know.
2: I think it's going to help more than, than one or two, John, for sure. Before the pandemic, did you have periods of low mood?
7: Yeah, I suppose it goes back to my early 20s, I suppose, where I would have suffered a bit from anxiety and depression kind of after the college uh, years. I, I've just found I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, essentially, and uh, it took me until I was about 28 to realize that I, I really enjoyed teaching, and um, so I just found that a, a difficult period of my life. Um, but then my 30s, I've, I've actually been very well, or I had been very well. You know, you had various little ups and downs, but... Um, it was it was the it was 2020 really that was it was the lowest i had been since since my early 20s you know
2: and was it the was it the lockdown what can you pinpoint what I was suppose, it i suppose like
7: for me it's always been I, I i'm somebody i struggle with uncertainty and that was kind of the key that started it all off in my 20s and i suppose have we ever lived through a period of greater Never. uncertainty uh, as we live through now you know um and so yeah so just 2020 and it was just a combination of factors which you know I, I'm not the only person feeling any of these things in the sense that I've got three small children. I was trying to homeschool them. I was trying to teach online, trying to figure all of that out, plus living with this new terrible, terrifying virus, et cetera, and so on. Um, and, yeah, so I managed to kind of get to the summertime, and then I just found, like, as as much as it's not ideal, teaching had kind of helped keep a little bit of a structure on the day, and then I had the summer holidays where, you know, there was no real structure but we were all still staying at home and all the rest of it and I just I just found it challenging I just found uh, lots of it challenging just in terms of maintaining a kind of an upbeat mood about anything really you know
2: Did you keep it to yourself or did you share how you were feeling with anyone?
7: Um, I have a great relationship with my wife and so she's fantastic and so I I've always shared with her and she's a brilliant help and um, so kind of just nursing me along through good and bad days and and um, but beyond that, it kind of, it wasn't until the autumn time really where I kind of went to my doctor and kind of started talking about how I was feeling there and stuff like that. And so she was kind of monitoring me and we went back to school in September. Um, and that definitely helped for a while, but just into November then for whatever reason, it just, uh, you know, like as I've said to many people, like we teaching, you know, Remote teaching is bad, but teaching in the school is better. But it, you, you know, it's still far from what we want as teachers. You know, you're standing at the top of the room wearing a mask. They're all wearing masks. You're not allowed to interact with any of them. You know, in terms of like checking their work. Or, you know, it's all. It's a it's a very different type of teaching than we signed on for. And I mean, like most teachers would say, obviously they like teaching, but it's kind of your camaraderie with the staff and stuff like mm. that, and the staff, and all of these things were gone. You know, and so I just just found it very hard. And I suppose the time of year and. Um, yeah, I went to, I kind of, I suppose, when I really started noticing it was I was, I was just really finding it hard to enjoy anything. Like, I used to like listening to podcasts and listening to, or uh, reading about football and stuff like that. And I was just finding it really, really difficult to even engage with anything. And, um, so yeah, so I went to, I went to my doctor and, uh, kind of talked to her about it. And, um, so she was quite concerned about me. She diagnosed me with something called. Anhedonia, which is a kind of a failure to you can't find pleasure in things. And yeah. um, so she said basically she she reckoned that it was the the lowest she had seen in the in the twenty years that she'd been treating me, you know.
2: And do you reckon you it was the lowest you reckon it was rock bottom?
7: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean like absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. And like I wasn't suicidal, but I was, you know, for the first time could could see how people get to that point and I'm very conscious of the fact that um people who do, um, who, who get to that awful point, often don't have control of what they're doing, as in it's beyond their control at that point. And I suppose I was just, I was more frightened by the fact that I was thinking on that plane, and so I kind of just, I wanted to engage with somebody to help me, and, and, and so she was really, really good, and um, now it took... Probably took a month or six weeks, I suppose, through a variety of different medication changes for for things to actually um, to to get a bit better. Um, but but they did, and um, I, I feel much much better now. Right. And yeah, so it was uh, it was a pretty dark period, as I say. And um, but thankfully, I'm kind of coming out the other side. And and have you like,
2: combined that with counselling, for example?
7: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I've been seeing a counsellor since just after Christmas as well, which has been helpful as well. Um, and I guess. You know, men aren't typically brilliant at talking about their feelings and, and and sharing and stuff like that. And it's never something I particularly feel like doing, but you always feel a little bit better after doing it. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah. And would the would the outside world have suspected that you were struggling, or, or did you hide it?
7: No, I've been always very good. Uh, I've I've had a lot of reaction, particularly to the Southern therapies, um, and a lot of people saying that they never would have known, and they were very surprised, and that I obviously. I seem to manage to carry off a cheery disposition um, even when I'm feeling quite poor, you know. And um, so, yeah, so I manage to kind of like, keep myself going. And I often find then that when I come home to, to Jane and the kids that that kind of being on for the day or whatever can be exhausting. Yeah. So I can be quite, and, you know, not not in brilliant humour then when I'm in the house because it's obviously safer to just, just to let my guard down then, you know.
2: So what's your message, John, to anyone listening who's identifying with what you're saying?
7: I suppose, and and, and it's really great that in 2021 that we live in a world where we're all a bit more literal about mental health and and it's much, much more okay to talk about these things. But I suppose particularly to to young men, it's it's just to talk and to try and talk to somebody and to just, um, I suppose, to realise that you're not alone in your feelings and that one of the hardest things to think about with depression is you you feel like you'll feel like that forever do you know what I mean in that moment you feel like you'll feel that forever Um, and it's that's really difficult and to try and console yourself with the fact that it will pass and I suppose having you know gone through this for 20 years I I have more life experience and I now know that these these periods will pass it doesn't make them easy it doesn't um, necessarily make um, any of it uh, manageable at times but it definitely can give you hope that you'll come out the other side of it, you know.
2: And your GP, always your first port of call. And yeah, that there's wonderful yeah, yeah. medications. And if the first medication doesn't work, there's another one you um, can try.
7: The other thing is, and I would have had this for a long time, where, you know, I was always trying to get off medication and I felt that medication would change me or whatever, you know. And I really have changed my attitude to it now. And I just think it's just part of, of, of something that I need to you know, it's like a vitamin tablet or it's like anything else that just kind of keeps me ticking over and I feel like I'm still myself and, and uh, you know, you, you definitely go through periods where, you know, dosages and, and types of medication can change, but yeah, I, I would very much be an advocate of, uh, you know, just going and seeking that medical help and that there are things that you can take that will make you feel much better, but the talking element in terms of to, to people you're friendly with or to um, our partners or whatever or a uh, counsellor is, is crucial as well, really.
2: OK, well, well done, well done. And you're feeling good at the moment?
7: Yeah, great. Um, you know, hoping we get back to school soon and all that. Um, but uh, yeah, feeling great. Yeah. Being, uh, much more optimistic about life. And, and we're living in a more optimistic world now, which is, is great. And hopefully
2: 2021 will be better than 2020. Vaccines are on the way and life will, will get back to normal, they will indeed. Listen, uh, John, thank you for that. I really enjoyed our, our chat and stay well pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Bye bye. That is uh, John O'Regan who is a a teacher in West Cork sharing his uh, story and uh, he is right for people to please reach out. There is help available and as we uh, often say when we talk with uh, Joe Heffernan who coincidentally we will be talking with after 12 uh, today. First port to call always when you're feeling low like that. Go talk to your doctor and don't think that you're going to be the first person going in uh, saying that you're, you're feeling low. There's so many people. I think this pandemic really has shown that. There are so many people. Uh, but, but thankfully so many are reaching out for help and please do. Please, please reach out. And once again our thanks to John O'Regan for joining us uh, today. 1850 333 103. Uh, John Paul taking your calls. So if you want to text or WhatsApp you can to 0862 103
5: 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's can Now Now, part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie.
2: Now, there is evidence that many older people are finding this current lockdown harder than either of the two previous ones simply because it feels like the pandemic has been going on too long and it appears to be never ending. But help is available. And joining me from the Bantry Age Friendly Town Initiative is their chairperson at Winnie O'Sullivan. Good morning, Winnie. Good morning, Patricia. You're welcome to the programme. Um Thank you. Are you concerned that there is a lot of isolated, older people out there? Are, are they your main concerns? There are, and it's
4: particularly difficult at the moment because in the climates we're in, you know, everybody is being very careful, but I think particularly older people are being very, very careful, and that can lead to isolation. But there are a lot of support. You know, there are a lot of organisations that do great work with older people um, and keep in touch or try to keep in touch with them as much as they can. So, but nonetheless, it is very isolating and it's very difficult for older people,
2: definitely. Yeah, because they're, they're fearful for their own health with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're fearful to go out and they're also fearful to let anybody in. And we know with restrictions, they shouldn't be let, letting any, yeah. a, anybody in. And people yeah. are great to help out, you know, with delivering shopping and, and medication yeah. or whatever. But it's the human contact, isn't it, that's missing Absolutely. the most?
4: Absolutely, Yeah, it is. You And people are great and... And the first lockdown, I was one of the ones myself that, you know, did deliver the shopping and things for for people. And they were so appreciative of it. when you when you went to the house with the you could only go to the house, ring the doorbell, put their box of shopping on the doorstep and stand back, you know, and just a few words them, and then you're gone. So it's very, you feel so hard. I remember one lady one day asking me to come in for a cup of tea. And I said I couldn't, you know, I wasn't allowed to do it. But you could see where she was coming from. I suppose I could have been the only face she saw that day, or maybe for days. So it is very isolating. It is the human contact. There are supports there, and... You know, we have rural transport now that gives, you know, brings their medication and things to them. And there are groups that still bring the shopping and things. And that's wonderful. That's great. But it's just the human contact.
2: So what what is your message? Are you saying to people to reach out to older people and check in, even if it's only a phone call? Well, the Age
4: Friendly uh, Initiative or Programme is uh, run uh, by Cork County Council and is pretty much all over the country at this stage. Um so back, um, about two years ago, uh, Bantry applied for funding for, uh, to make, uh, Bantry an age-friendly town. And it's, as well as being the, the, the human context, it's to make the, the, the town a physical, physically a better area for people to grow old and, and you know, to, To think of people, the older people, when when you're planning, or or I came across a little quotation um, when I was doing reading about Age Friendly uh, recently, and it said, I think it covers everything, it said, plan for the young, and you exclude the old. But plan Mm. for the old, and you include everybody.
8: Yeah.
4: You know, so it's something we we need to think of more when, when, you know, things are being planned, because... According to the, the recent uh, central statistics, um, uh, in, uh, by 2041, for, we will have about 1.3 to 1.4 people over the age of
2: 65. And so that's, that's, a, that's, of that's only 20 years away. That's the, yeah, you know, that's not that far away.
4: And of that grouping of the over 65s, there will be almost half a million, 440,000, will be over 80. And that's four times greater than it was in 2006.
2: Yeah, so and it's fantastic that we're all living longer. Absolutely. But we're all getting older and we yeah. need to make sure that when we get to that old age as well, that there's services yeah. there and that, you know, people that's to look right. after you and, and, and people uh, to reach out. You have the Community Call initiative. Are you Is that the council's one? The, the, the Community Call? That's, yeah. Yes, that's
4: the council as well. But there are, there are a number of... of um, Different initiatives, and there are a huge number of different organisations. You know, the, the, prior to this, that are doing wonderful work with the with the elderly. And um, part of the the, the overall age friendly program is that the, the four towns that have been selected for the program in County Cork uh, this year now is um, Mill Street Passage West, Charleville, and ourselves here in Bantry And um, we already have four towns that have reached uh, age-friendly status, Sandham, Kinsale, Colvin, Mitchellstown. Um, so they are ahead of us there. But as part of that, then, we are part of the Cork Alliance, the Age-Friendly Alliance, which is made up of all different groupings, you know, from Cork County Council, of course, and the HSE, there's Rural Link, uh, the Library, uh, Bus there. and There's a whole range of, of uh, groupings that have come together w- with The age friendly in mind as to how you can better life for them, you know, and and work together to achieve that.
2: So there are a lot of long term plans when we get out of COVID for the age friendly town. It's it's very difficult
4: to do anything at the moment because you're you're you know you can't ask anybody to go out and to do anything or to go anywhere or anything like that, and um, so you know you can only do some planning. Actually, at the moment, Cork County Council have. an initiative uh, where they're uh, distributing care packages to the elderly. Yeah, and it's a lovely idea, and um, in in conjunction with the age friendly. And um, they're little packages that are made up of, I think there's a bird feeder and there's bird seeds, there's coloring books, there's playing cards, um, you know, that kind of things in the package. Yeah. So we have to get those organised. Now we have a number of them here, so we'll have to get them out to people too. Look, you could get great enjoyment from even putting up your bird feeder, and you put some
2: and just in, sitting and, watch and watching the birds. The birds. Yeah, 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 and the, listen. I know we've got horrible weather at the moment, but know. you know the weather is going to get better, and and it we will. remember how wonderful March and April were last year. And please, God, yeah. if we get that kind of weather again, and it, it just lifts everybody's spirits when the weather is good.
4: Absolutely, it won't always be like today yeah. or tomorrow. I think isn't great either, but it won't always be like that. We, as you say, we did. We have wonderful weather. Last year, remember March and April, it was fantastic. So hopefully, you know, that people even get help in your garden and things. So, you know, these little packages, I think they're just something. And we're doing at the moment, as I said, there's so little we can do, but we're trying to organise as the schools are reopening, maybe to do uh, get the children in schools to do some cards um, that we could distribute then uh, to the older uh, people uh, from the schools, from the children in the schools. And hopefully, I don't know we were planning to do it for Patrick's Day, but I don't think that will happen. We're planning now, I think maybe for Easter
2: okay, but just uh, but, Easter cards. but for people to if you know of an elderly person in your area, just check in and make sure that they, they're okay, I know you can't go in and have the Absolutely. cup of tea much much yeah. as you'd like to, have. but for the older person as well, uh Winnie, for them to reach out if they do need help
4: oh very much so, very much so, and you know we're we're We've only had one meeting yet because we're, as I say, everything is running behind and, you know, it's something we maybe we, we spoke about. And I think it's something that would be useful to make out little um, little cards with all the emergency numbers and the contact numbers, doctor's numbers, you know, uh, everything, uh, chemists, all the, all that kind of thing. Uh, And just for them to have it at hand so that they won't have to be looking for something when they need to ring somebody. And just to ring somebody are another thing we were thinking about. Maybe just do kind of a pen pal um, initiative, maybe to somebody just pick somebody and just write to them every so often. And, you know, we're just tossing around ideas and there's a lot we can do. And they're only little things, but they can be big things in the end.
2: Yeah. OK, listen, you stay safe. Is the weather horrible in Bantry as well today, it Winnie? It is
4: pretty horrible. It is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it is. You couldn't it's say, you couldn't it's say any, word, any other word for it.
2: It's a day for the it dog. Really it's a day it's for the dog and it kind of suits the stay at home that we're all told to do at the moment. You wouldn't, you wouldn't you put a dog out. And. <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly. awful out there. Well, yes, stay absolutely. safe and stay dry, Winnie. Thank and a pleasure to well. talk to you. Thanks for that. Lovely. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. Bye. That Thank is Winnie O'Sullivan and best of luck to everybody involved in the Bantry Age Friend town uh, initiative and somebody was listening to me speak with uh, John O'Regan who shared his uh, story um, very personal story of battling mental health during the pandemic and somebody said was listening to John well done to John for telling his story just to let people know that there is help out there and that's the one key I think that John was trying to get across by sharing his story as well is for people to know you're not on your own and that certainly there is help available this listener is suggesting Grow is a really really good organisation, numbers and testimonies can be had online at grow.ie they are and thank you for that I I should have mentioned that as well because I know whenever we do an interview interview like that with John or anybody else sharing a story uh, like that of coping with depression or low moods, the amount of people that will say that they got involved with Grow and that they were touched in some way by Grow and how Grow helped them or helped a family member I don't think we ever do an interview where somebody doesn't mention Grow they really are a brilliant brilliant organisation so you can find out more about them on grow.ie John Paul continues to take your calls at 1850 333 103 and you can text our WhatsApp as at 0862 103 103. and if you are a football fan you are a reminder to join Trevor Welch on c Three dot IE this Saturday. It's for the Premier League live, exclusively online powered by Talk Sport. This Saturday, it's Manchester City versus West Ham, that's at 12.30. West Brom taking on Brighton at 3 o'clock. Then Leeds versus Aston Villa is at 5.30. And the final match to be covered is Newcastle versus Wolves, that's at 8pm. That's the Premier League live online with Now TV. Stream all the action from Sky Sports on Now TV Sky Sports Pass.
0: Upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's quince.com/upgrade Hi I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so I created Pretty litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty litter is veterinarian developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go
3: to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Listen Saturdays on the C103 app or you can go to c103.ie.
5: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
2: Uh, updates coming in on roads impossible. The Shornock line in Blarney. It's impossible for low vehicles. It seems the river has burst its bank at the tower end. Uh, so please be very careful there. And also Oliver's Cross is flooded and we've just been told that the road has uh, closed. Be careful please when you are out and about. Now can I give you an update please from Mitchellstown Credit Union. This was one of our first texts in this morning, from Jer, one of our listeners, who was very disappointed uh, to get a letter from Mitchison Credit Union to say that the AIB Bank ATM. Uh, the cards that she's been using will be terminated from the end of April and I was wondering what was going on with the credit union so we got on to Mitchellstown Credit Union put a number of questions uh, to them and actually her own John Paul said that if there are any government agencies uh, listening uh, that they could learn from they could learn really good PR from Mitchellstown Credit Union because they're back with a very detailed response and they got the very detailed response back to us very very quickly indeed so kudos to everybody in Mitchellstown Credit Union in particular Colin and the CEO who has uh, signed the uh, statement for us. Now, I won't go through all of it because it's quite lengthy, but basically to confirm what Ger had uh, told us that Manchester City Credit Union will be terminating ATM cards at the end of April. Unfortunately, it's something that's outside of the control of the credit union. They very much regret it as it was a service provided to members at no cost to the members. Manchester City Credit Union had always absorbed the fees associated with the card. But the problem is that the software provided for these ATM cards is AIB and as per the terms of contract with AIB they've issued the credit union with notice that they no longer want to support the service and they intend to withdraw it at the end of April so it was a decision made by a- AIB rather than Mitchellstown uh, Credit Union. Now obviously they're very disappointed that this service will no longer be available to members but they do point out that they have a number of online services available no direct cost to members Where, for example you can transfer funds you can pay bills etc and they're encouraging people if you haven't already registered and you are a member of Mitchellstown Credit Union uh, to register online at mcu.ie but they say the withdrawal of the ATM card service is regrettable and they apologise for any inconvenience caused and we also asked them about current accounts and had they they any um, had they any uh, idea of introducing or any suggestion of introducing a current current account because the particular cards, they weren't debit cards, they could only be used at AIB ATM machines they weren't uh, debit cards but they say Mitchelstown Credit Union doesn't currently operate current accounts with debit card facilities. They say it is something that they previously investigated and a decision to introduce services has been deferred onto now and of course one of the main reasons is the cost involved with um, debit cards and with current accounts. So thank you to Mitchell Credit Union for updating us on that. Let me look at some of your WhatsApps. There's a string of WhatsApps coming into us that I haven't got to uh, yet. Anne says the Brazilian people coming into uh, Ireland are not going to be able to pay €2,000 Euro for a stay in a quarantine hotel for 10 or 14 days. These people are coming into this country to work in factories and they live in very poor conditions. It uh, It is the government's fault, says And So she's seeing another thing that's going to go wrong with those quarantine hotels. We'll have people doing everything they can to avoid it because of the cost uh, involved uh, with it. So, says a listener, what's this one about? No hope for the people of this uh, country. Oh, this is to do with the announcement is going to be later on, living with COVID. lock up. We'll be locked up again like prisoners. The government would want to start fighting for the vaccine from the EU. Why send back children to school and leave buildings and shops closed and have us not be able to go beyond five kilometres of our home. I live on my own and and I have been since Christmas. I have not seen anyone. Only once a week when I go in to pay my bills. No family can call as they all live too far away. It's outside the 5k. Do the government think that all the people living on their own should they'll be grand? Big mistake we won't be grand. They would want to get their ass off the chair and vaccinate all the people and open up this country or else get us to move away from the EU. And can I just say to you the fact that you are living on your own and no family member, you can get into a social bubble with one other family member so that they can travel to you or you can travel to them, even though we're not allowed to travel outside our 5K. If you're in a social bubble and the social bubble was designed for people exactly like you, people who live on your own. It's also designed for lone parents. You can hook up with somebody else and you won't be able to see all of your family, but you could pick one of your one of your family And then you can go and interact with them and you become part of their social bubble. So please do keep that in mind because you are right. It does look like this lockdown is going to go on uh, for certainly a good few more uh, weeks. Somebody said, sweet Lord, this government needs to grow a backbone. If the UK are willing to give us vaccines, then hello, we need to take them. Or else we need to order our own so we can live our lives again and everyone can get back to earning a living and doing nice things again. What do I suggest? Is a nice thing, just sitting in a cafe at the weekend and having a cup of coffee. Whatever you want to do, isn't it? The simple things that we miss uh, the most. And actually, uh, Gabriel Scally, did you hear Gabriel Scally? Um, the news saying what I had been suggesting last week as well. All these vaccines that are that are going to be available in the UK because they've ordered way too uh, much. Uh, you know, pick up the phone, somebody ring Boris and say send him over here and just speed up the, I mean the vaccinations you know, in fairness to the HSE, as soon as they get them in, they're vaccinating. I mean I mentioned at the top of the programme this morning that the Gilbert Centre in Mallow they're vaccinating HSE staff and they're doing it every day this week and that's terrific. But we need more vaccines. The more more vaccines we have into this country, the more sleeves can be rolled up and the jab can go into uh, somebody's arm. We just uh, we we need to we need to get going on it uh, for sure. And the d- the problem is we just don't have enough vaccines. So get the vaccines by hook or by crook. Well, no, not by hook or by crook. But if if England are willing to send over some of their vaccines. Excess vaccines, then p- please let us take them um, from them. Now, there's been a couple of people on to do with haircuts, and this was to do with a text I read out earlier from somebody who was wondering, could we get Claire Byrne's hairdresser? They noticed that Claire Byrne on TV last night had a slightly different hairstyle. The hair was a bit curly on the end. No, I, we were looking at it at home, commenting, "God, her hair looks different tonight." I thought maybe she did it herself, and people are wondering she gets their hairdressers inside in RTE or, or not. And there's other people pointing out that some of the newsreaders there was one of the newsreaders is a Katrina Perry somebody reckons had highlights done in the last couple of weeks with all the hairdressers uh, closed and then an amount of people are pointing out about how well our education minister Norma Foley looks. Somebody said there isn't a rib of hair out of place. Isn't it amazing says one texter that the education minister's hair hasn't grown since we went into uh, lockdown and someone says surely all of the majority of politicians have had their hair done. Norma Foley in particular her hair always looks like it's been washed, cut and blow dried every time she appears on the TV. Either that or they have something to stop it from growing. There's been no hairdresser since before Christmas Eve was the last day wasn't hairdressers opened. Mine has grown an inch or two at this stage says this uh, texter. Now listen let's not knock Norma Foley. You are right her hair always looks immaculate when she appears on TV. Maybe she has somebody at home that's handy with the hair scissors. I've done a couple of botched and i say botched. I've been trying to trim my own hair at home. The one thing I invested in during the first lockdown of hairdressers was a good pair of hairdressing scissors. I went into my local chemist and I said give me the best pair of hairdressing scissors you have and I have them at home safely put away for fear that anyone will take them out and start cutting paper with it because you know if you get a good hairdressing scissors any hairdresser will tell you they will not allow anybody else to use their hairdressing scissors do not cut anything else with it and once you have it it'll keep nice and sharp and you'll be able to cut hair and it was one of the first things that I certainly invested in during the first lockdown so I do a feeble attempt at cutting my own hair but could I do with a good haircut Absolutely. But but numbers, a lot of people are pointing out Norma Foley but listen, we can't say she's going to a hairdresser because there's no hairdressers uh, open. It could be that she's just particularly good herself at maintaining her own hair or maybe, maybe she's somebody in the household that she's living with who just happens to be maybe a qualified hairdresser or just particularly good at doing hairs. Eighteen fifty three We're all jealous and we all just want a good haircut. Another text that says, I was appalled to read in the Irish examiner that they they will not be lifting the five kilometer travel limit, not because of COVID, but because it's linked to the moratorium on evictions. I well, must look for that in the examiner. I hadn't read that. We have been abiding by rules and regulations, as this texture now, for nearly 12 months. We're coming up to the first anniversary of us, trying to eradicate coronavirus, only now to find out that the government have us exactly where they want us. I've been struggling to buy in. I, I am struggling to buy into this anymore, with little end in sight. This country has the opportunity to obtain more vaccines, but they just won't do it. We are real. People And we are all struggling. And yet the government, it feels like they're blundering on with little consideration for any of us. Well, let's just be hopeful that when Micheál Martin addresses the nation on the updated plan of living with COVID, let's just hope that this time tomorrow, when we're discussing the plan that gets announced today, let's just hope that there is some sense of hope, that we get some kind of hope From it, And I think that's what people need. We need hope and we need a little bit of certainty. And I think that's why so many people are pointing to what was announced yesterday in the UK was the sense of certainty. Now, it's not to say that they are going to stick religiously to their plan of opening up, even though with the way they're vaccinating, they probably will. But it's giving people a sense of hope. The amount of, of people I saw, English people that I saw on social media who were already planning based on this roadmap because they had set dates. But our government say giving dates is a bad move because they say, research has shown that any time they gave a date before, if they said something like in two weeks time and they give a firm date, they're going to be lifting restrictions. Whatever it is about we, the Irish, they claim that we get that into our head. Our evidence is going to be fine in two weeks. So we let our guard down and we start to break the regulations. They say the research is there. And for that reason, they say that they're not going to give us dates. It's just a kind of a, a vague kind of a date. Like from what we can gather is going to be said today. They're going to make the announcements. Level five remains in place and then a date early in April they'll look at it again. They're not going to open up anything. They say they'll just look at it again. And then obviously they'll either open up or they'll ease some of the restrictions and they'll give us probably another date where they'll look at it again. But they're not firmly saying on that particular date they are easing restrictions. And they say that the research is there. That And I don't know if it's just we the Irish or if that's a worldwide thing. Because if it's a worldwide thing, it'll be interesting because they gave such firm dates on the plan of living with COVID in the UK if it is a worldwide phenomena that everybody lets their guard down when they have a date, let's see what, what happens over in uh, England. And just on Home Helps, when somebody was talking about showering and very annoyed that Home Helps are not allowed to give showers anymore. Hi, Patricia. I'm a HSE Home Help. It's only since the numbers went really high uh, but in the last five to six weeks that we are unable to shower our clients it's due to the major spread of the virus and all to do with the UK strain of the virus that's in this country uh, by the way says this Home Helper all my clients have had no issue at all with a full bed wash instead of a shower but that was the reason uh, for it and hopefully with more people getting vaccinated they'll be able to reverse that decision and go back to allowing Home Helps to do the showers 1850-333-103 jump all taking your calls text or WhatsApp 086 086- the
5: C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council's Community Support Program. If you or anyone you know needs help in accessing non emergency and non medical supports or advice, see corkcoco.ie.
2: Cork Camogie and Jigsaw Cork we spoke about this yesterday are holding a virtual 5k to raise funds for both organisations families and individuals are asked to run, jog or cycle 5k between Friday the 26th and Sunday the 28th that's this weekend sign up and support Cork Camogie and Jigsaw who of course support mental health in young people you can check out Cork Camogie or Jigsaw on social media to register for the 5k or to simply make a donation and Dara Community Centre are hosting Community Garda, Damien White from Bandit Garda Station on their Zoom webinar. That's happening on Thursday night at 8pm. He'll be speaking about internet safety, cyberbullying, as well as crime prevention, farm safety and lots more. For more details on how to log into the webinar, check out Dara Community Centre on Facebook and Hennessy Timber Group in Klonakilty are holding a raffle in aid of Bumbalance and Make-A-Wish Foundation. Great prizes up for grabs, including an adventure playset valued at €2,400. You can check out more by going and buy tickets by going to
5: idonate.ie and Hennessy
2: Outdoor Raffle.
1: Cork today on C103.
5: With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. See mig.ie.
2: Just on hairstyles, are people looking at hairstyles of people on the TV and some of our government ministers, somebody says, Patricia, the hype about hair people need to cop themselves on by the way, Claire Byrne uh, did a feature on hair this morning on her own programme and she said she did her own hair last night so there you go, says one listener put that in your pipe and uh, smoke it but somebody else is saying when I mentioned about a little bit of a home trim uh, somebody says, Patricia, home trim is one thing but Norma Foley's hair style is a high maintenance style and it always looks perfect. And someone else says, my sister is a hairdresser. Uh, maybe Claire Byrne's sister is a hairdresser. I'm blessed with mine, thanking you. Claire Burns said she did it wrong, but maybe Norma Foley. I did. I did defend Norma Foley and said maybe there's somebody in the household um, doing the hair. Yeah, you never know. Then on vaccine rollout, could we all bombard our TDs and Michael D. Higgins to get the government to get us extra vaccines from Boris? Let's start today and mail every TD senator and our president, Michael D. Higgins they will have to listen to the people who are paying their wages at the end of the day says this listener yeah and if you want to take what I mentioned last week the hashtag #BuzzBoris, I think it would be great. Hi Patricia I'm listening to you every day the government ministers should be on the PUP payment and they should have had the vaccines rolled out sooner than they're doing Britain are so far ahead of uh, us I'm getting sick of it all can't get the vaccine can't get the vaccine because they can't make them faster and England doesn't have enough because they're only giving one jab that could backfire on Boris yet says Khan well it's proving not it's proven that it was the right decision because all of the evidence is coming out saying that once you get the first one you start building up the immunity and the figures that I read out earlier from Scotland from the study in Scotland just on the first vaccine uh, showed fantastic efficacy for for both the AstraZeneca, which we're giving out only to under 70s, and also the Pfizer vaccine. I see the AstraZeneca was better after a month than the Pfizer one was even, and that was on one On one particular uh, dose, obviously you get full cover on the second one, but it's proven the gamble they took. It proven it has it has paid off uh, for sure. Okay, and then quickly to some of your texts, Sim. The president of the EU, Ursula von der Leyen, and a medical doctor like Leo said early in December. There was enough vaccines for everyone in the European community and for our neighbours. Presumably they were talking about the UK and Norway. Well, if that be the case, where is it? The people in famine times would have been even worse had the current government and civil service been in situ. They would probably be still talking about how the aid from the Choctaw Indians should be distributed, says um, uh, Tim. OK, well... In the EU's defence, there will be enough vaccines. It's just it's the ramping up of the production from the companies is the, the problem. We seem to have got it wrong with our orders and the timeline for our orders. There will come a time when we will be flooded with vaccines but people want them sooner rather than later. We don't want to be told that come September the country will be awash with vaccines. We want the vaccines uh, now. Someone else says, Patricia, can I remind some of your listeners to whom Boris has become their new guru that there has been so far 125,000 deaths in the UK, which is the highest number of deaths from COVID in all of the Euro- in all of uh, Europe. That equates to 21 times greater than we in this country. That is some legacy to wish for. Well, listen, I think everyone, including Barris himself, will say that they messed up desperately at the start of the pandemic. But I think what everybody is now saying about the man and the government is they've got it right on the vaccines, but nobody can take from the deaths in their country uh, for sure. And uh, hi Patricia before we go back to our GAA clubs, a quick initiative to get the kids motivated. We here in SARS GAA club in Glamire are out jogging in small groups of three. social distance adhered to, two of course and it's all under supervision. The whole idea is to get the kids up and at it. I call it the three in one. Where we go jogging we have fun and more importantly we have the hurley in the hand while jogging just to keep the interest going. And this applies to any GAA club who might be interested in taking up our suggestion and that's from Fimber O'Brien who is the coaching officer at Sars uh, Club. Well done to you, uh, Fimber and stay safe. And Catherine says, Patricia, do you know if the fuel allowance, are they going to pay an extra two weeks this year like they did uh, last year? Thanking you. We looked into this before. No decision has been made yet. If they do decide to extend the fuel allowance, that announcement is never made until close to when the fuel allowance is due to end, which is sometime in April, isn't it? Last year, certainly, that's when the announcement was made. I do know that you have charity groups like the Society of Vincent de Paul. I'm sure I saw Age Action as well. There are a number of groups lobbying the government hoping that they will extend the fuel allowance but no decision has been made yet and if and when a decision is made we will gladly bring that news uh, to you. 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp oh eight six two.
1: 103
5: 103 Cork Today on C103 With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group They don't just talk the talk They walk the walk CMIG.ie This
1: is the Cork Today replay On C103
5: Ag fóile mach Cwintan a is C103 air Corkig
1: is Museum Alley and the Caraghay and Crawford Art Gallery, Gortcake. Murray Hewland, two sheep in the Dorshe, finds the tishkin chair. They're enrolled, sun the such, as against the Harkey and the Citadel, as the culture co-aimsure. They're going to see night at the Blaine Regan Gallery. A house a agreed or the Caragh in the Coalition Opera House. They're going to see the Trish Fiblee, Balu Champa and Denise Mo, as raw village seer.
5: Note, could they is far Gortcake C one o three.
1: Court today on C. 103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333
2: 103. And somebody's just texting, Patricia, when people are talking about asking Boris to send us over some of their spare uh, vaccines, which by the way would be fantastic, but I'm just wondering why did the UK order so many in the first place? Is it the usual grab-all attitude from them, says Michael? Uh, no, it, it it isn't actually, because when I looked into 407 million doses is what they've ordered which equates to doing the entire population of the UK giving them two jabs and doing it four times over. What they did was as soon as they got wind that any pharmaceutical company was anywhere near making a vaccine that they thought was going to be effective. They put massive orders in at the start. So they were just covering all of the options and then it turned out that the people that they put in the bigger order with with were some of the companies that were first to produce vaccines like the likes of Pfizer, like the likes of Moderna. Obviously their own one, the Oxford AstraZeneca was one they had a huge order in. They have a huge order in for the Johnson & Johnson and there's about 20 different companies that are still in the process of producing vaccines and making their own vaccines and they just have massive of orders, they just get in there first with all of the the correct orders so it wasn't a case of them being greedy they were just covering every single option which has now proven to be the correct thing to do and that's where the EU failed We didn't get the orders in in uh, time, so that's the reason for it. Thank you for your text to 0862 103 103. Let me go to uh, Joe Heffernan on this miserable Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Yeah,
8: good afternoon, Patricia. It's pretty horrible out there, all right. Do you
2: know, we all have a great excuse today for not going out for a walk. Well,
8: (laughs) I've, I've already written that one in. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's always a bit of a silver lining. You can yeah, sort of yeah. sit down and do nothing today and justify doing nothing because the weather is so bad. Listen, there's a yeah. bit of sunny spells on the way for tomorrow, so yeah. we'll get we'll get our walk-ins there.
8: Well, I, actually, I'm very lucky. Um, I, I'm doing some HSE work and, um, you know, it gives me a reason to get up um, at a certain time. I have to be at a certain uh you know at my desk as a were well. and um uh, that's been a great boon it's uh you know is it, i would find it tough now to be just getting up in the day and um uh, uh nothing uh lined up that kind of uh uh, must be done. I like that must be done, you know.
2: Well, I don't know if you heard earlier, we had a teacher on from West Cork, very bravely sharing his story of how depression crept up on top of him uh, during the lockdown and how he went for the help and just wanted to give a sense of hope, particularly uh, to other men. And that was one of the things in his story was when he, when he was in school, you know, as low as he was feeling, he was, you know, able to do something, stay motivated, even when it was you know, working from home and remote learning and all of that. Yeah. But it was when the holiday period came and suddenly you know, structure in the day, nothing to get up for, nothing he felt that he wanted to get up for. That's when his depression really hit bad. Now luckily he saw the warning signs and went uh, to the GP and I could almost hear you say, you know, first port-a-call GP and now he's subsequently gone on medication, feeling great and he's gone for talk therapy and he's doing counselling and he's doing well. He's doing well, which is is brilliant. In other
8: words, he made all the right
2: moves. He did indeed, he did indeed. Now today we are continuing to talk about uh, relationships and couples and we started on this uh, last week because unfortunately lawyers will tell you they're particularly busy and they have uh, seen an increase a spike in the number of people inquiring and looking for divorce proceedings which is really really sad so we're trying to help people before you get to that stage when things can go wrong and everyone is finding this pandemic hard everyone is finding lockdown hard and people there's no escape it almost feels like and if you're locked down in a house with somebody and you're you're niggling at each other and sniping and backbiting, it's to try to nip that in the bud, isn't it? And to try absolutely. to absolutely. And you, you talk, couldn't put it better. That's
8: exactly it. Because um, you know, small rows can become big rows unless that they're kind of deltrish at the small row stage.
2: Okay, you speak about fair fight, and that's what we're going to talk yeah, about today yeah. with guidelines about having a fair fight.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose the name is sort of unfortunate and um, the fight bit could be left out of it. But there you are. Um, anyway, the the first point that I would be making on that would be like uh, to do with timing. Um, uh, maybe there's a time, uh, regardless of the weather, to just take a step outside the door and kind of diffuse. um uh, a situation. If someone is shouting, it does not help if it's going to be two people shouting. So that like uh, what what often helps is that a person would say, look, we're all a bit hit up. Um, will we have a chat about this um, uh, after after uh, dinner uh, when we're both um, uh, a little bit more relaxed? Now, um if the other person will will listen to that um well then that's a good good I, idea but like if people are are in a in a bit of a rage or if they're extremely tired or if there's um uh you know alcohol involved um that's not the time at all um to to work out uh whatever uh, the problem is so timing And um, uh, if you can, as it were, I know it sounds a little bit kind of formal and a person might say, for God's sake, I wouldn't think of that at all in the middle of a row, but maybe we should. Maybe we should just say, look, we'll talk about this later um, when we're both just um, a little bit calmer, a little bit calmer. And uh, hopefully the other person then would do what, Uh, is the second point in it would be to listen Um, rather than just going on and on and on
2: and we've got a phone line going down on us uh, there I'll get uh, John Paul to get um phone back. Just uh, hope it hasn't been just cut off completely. Uh, let's see if it can come back. Somebody's talking about, uh, please don't read out my name, but I know of uh, somebody who had her hair done and there are some hairdressers working on the black market. I asked her, was she not Would she not have been worried going to the hairdresser? But she said, "No, we kept we the hairdresser wore a visor, I wore a mask, uh, all of that." Um, And the this hairdresser is working from home. And uh, she was only down the road from her, so she said, I'm not, not breaking any of the rules, but there is there are a number of hairdressers. Now, I don't know what the percentage of that is, but I know during one of the previous lockdowns as well, there was reports of beauticians going around to people's houses and doing nails and doing, you know, various other things that people needed doing. I don't know how much of it is happening at this time round but according to that uh, listener, it certainly is happening. We mentioned the fact that the Mitchelstown Credit Union, unfortunately, their ATMs are being taken out. They're going to be gone by the end of April. And it's not the Mitchelstown Credit Union's fault. The ATMs are run by AIB. And the AIB have decided to terminate the contract they have with Mitchelstown Credit Union. So unfortunately, the ATMs are going to be gone. The ATM cards that people are using for Mitchelstown Credit Union. Meg says, while well, you're talking about ATMs. Are you aware that Bank of Ireland are getting rid of ATMs at garages and in shops? I I wasn't. I wasn't aware of that, according to Meg. Uh, That is happening as well. So I, I don't know. We'll try and see if we can look into that. Patricia, hi. When people are talking about the UK and the amount of vaccines that they have ordered, 407 million dollars. Uh, you need to bear 407 million doses. You need to bear in mind that in the UK, there are. Their population is 65 million compared to 5 million here. Yeah, but even with the 65 million people, and of course, that's including children, so they don't all need to be vaccinated. It's only adults who get vaccinated. They still have way more vaccinations than they actually need. That's the, they, They've put in a huge, huge order. OK, Joe is back with us. know what happened to you there, Joe? We just I'll tell
8: you now what happened is that that particular phone is dependent on electricity. And we've just gone into the dark. <laughs> Power outage. Power outage.
2: Well, with the weather at the moment, can I say to any of the ESB men that are out there up poles, God help them? Uh, yeah. you, you always think about, and they'll they'll get you back as as soon as yeah. possible. But yeah, okay. Tell, we, them. We tell them.
8: Tell them it's Keel P fifty one H O C nine.
2: Okay, we spoke about the timing. The other important thing for a fair fight is listening, which, Joe, can be the hardest part.
8: Exactly. To to actually pause and listen to what the other person is saying. Because often when there's a bit of a row, really and truly a person only hears what's going on in their own head and they're not hearing what the other person says at all. And, um, you know, and maybe, maybe the other person is saying something which could be helpful. They might be saying, let's um, practice for the moment and we'll talk a little bit later. So, um, uh, you know. And then, as well as that, then the third um, uh, 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 point would be to describe the behavior and do not label the person. In other words, like... Um, uh, Right, we'll go back to bringing out the bins. Okay. Um, That uh, instead of um, you're so blooming inconsiderate and lazy and you never, ever bring those out, it's always left to me. Now, that's a go at the person. Um, Whereas a direct request would be, look, I would really like it if, say, every second day, if you brought out the bins on Monday, I, uh, well, of course, they they don't go out that often, but I'm just picking that one. Um, share it might the, be share. filling the dishwasher. Yeah, it it emptying, might be.
2: emptying the dishwasher is, is the bone of contention in a lot of houses. Yeah, so if we say, yeah. I'll do it Monday, you do it Tuesday. Exactly. I'll do it Wednesday, you do it Thursday. Yeah. And a
8: lot of people too, like, who are at home and minding children, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, um, look... Uh, I'll have a small little bl- bit of a lion on the Monday, and if you'll mind them, I look after them in the afternoon, and we could reverse that on the Tuesday, etc. And um, uh, you know, then there's a there's a plan, and uh, in instead of somebody, the the kids are. Um, uh of a morning, um they're just a bit fed up of being stuck inside and all of that. So they're being uh loud and obsessed and the whole lot somebody loses the uh, the cool about that and says, You never ever look after the kids. Everything is left to me. Here I am doing the whole lot. The home schooling, the the minding, the whole instead of like, um, look, we need to make a plan. We 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 need to sort this out because um you know uh the way it's going ain't working. So let's let's make a bit of a plan. And even um uh you know, an old page of paper and to kinda of say, Okay, okay, Monday. I know that you're very busy on a Monday to do this and that, so okay, I'll do the minding part there in the AM on Monday. And uh I know you've a lot to do later on the day, so I'll let you have a bit of a lie in, uh I'll mind the kids and then uh you know we'll uh, we'll
0: we'll we'll
8: we'll work it out. We'll work it out. And that's the whole thing about this is to kinda work it out and and to check one's motive. In other words like that um if if the motive is uh, if you'll forgive the term to kick ass Well, I mean, that's not going to get anyone anywhere. You're
2: off on a bad footing straight away.
8: Straight away. I mean, that's just simply not helpful at all. Um, Because your main aim there, like, is to give someone a bit of a dig, in a way. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's... um,
2: And the whole idea of this fair fight is the fairness side of it is to hear both sides of the argument and come to some kind of an agreement or or a solution. But if you're going in there going, you want to win... You're off, to the, you're off on the wrong that's the wrong That's Justice.
8: That's a good way to put it. If it's a kind of, a, if, it's a, a, if a person wants to win the argument, well, that's not going to help at all because winning can be losing uh, in a situation like that. It's not going to solve anything. It's just going to make things worse. So that if a person can kind of take himself or herself on and just say, OK, I'll actually take a breath. I might even take five breaths. And I'm going to just calm down and have a think, and maybe say something that will help rather than uh, possibly hurt. Um, that would be the thing. And another thing that's important then is to make a clear request. Like um, you never help around the house. You don't do a blooming thing, right? That's not much good. Whereas. We'll make a plan about the dishwasher. Every second day in the evening, um, uh, you do it one day, I'll do it the next. And um, how does that sound? And the person might say, okay, no, you might get a bit added on. It um, should be an awful lot better than it is now anyway, when I'm doing it every day. But, the, 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 you know, to say, well, no, we've that one solved. um so um, uh, a little bit of dialogue where one person listens and actually does listen uh, to the other person uh, can be can be really helpful and uh, if there's something then that you're hearing that you either um uh, don't fully get or uh, or maybe don't fully agree with to kind of check it out and um and see uh well, no, that sounds good. But could we tweak it a bit to this way?
2: Get clarity if you're if you are not sure.
8: Thanks, but to God, you said that I thought we were gone again. Yeah, get clarity,
2: <laughs> and and the other one is 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 to check in with each other that you understood that, or, or you know, how how do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, make sure that because because as the title suggests, it's fair. Everything to do with this. Is is yeah. fair down to the fight? The discussion is fair, but you should come out of it feeling everyone should feel fair that everybody yeah. got something from. Yeah,
8: it. and and the, the check it out thing then could be like that. It isn't written in stone that if a day comes that even though we agreed that I will be doing that on Wednesday, now if circumstances change and I get a phone call or something that uh, requires um, uh, the 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 Wednesday morning that I should be doing and have agreed to do, A or B, to just say, look, can we change it for that day because um, this is after cropping up now and um, there's an agreement that I would make that phone call or take that phone call on Wednesday morning. So, look, is that okay with you that we'll do a swap? And again, very adult, very civilized and uh, better than a shouting match any day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. OK. All right. Listen, Joe, thank you for that. Um, we'll let you get back, have the candles ready in case your lights yeah. are off for a while. And uh, we'll talk next week. Yeah. Thanks yeah, a million, yeah. Joe. Heffernan runs a counseling practice in Boabwe. His number is 02976617. On hairdressing, uh, Catherine says, good afternoon, Patricia. My daughter, Kelly, is a hairdresser. How blessed am I? Also, you mentioned Mitchellstown. Mitchellstown Credit Union staff and the managers are absolutely... Absolutely amazing. Uh, well done to all of them. Sean Defoe, our political edu- editor, just tweeting that the Taoiseach is expected to address the nation this evening after the Cabinet meeting at 6 pm. We'll talk with Sean tomorrow. Until tomorrow, tell Trish Messenger good afternoon.
1: Court
5: today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group, for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie.